Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast, where we discuss everything and anything about running an online store. If you like the podcast, sign up for the mailing list to get news and updates at buildmyonlinestore.com. And now, here's your host, Terry Lynn. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Build My Online Store podcast. I am your one and only host, Terry Lynn. And before we start today, a couple things I want to go over first. We're on our ninth episode. We're about to hit number 10. And the good thing is that the show's audience, the downloads are going up. Uh, they're doubling every month. So to everyone out there, thank you so much for downloading. And if you do have some feedback, please do let me know. Uh, you can let me know via Twitter at it's me, Terry Lynn, or email terry at buildmyonlinestore.com. And so as we go in the, to the 10th episode, uh, I'm going to bring some different guests on the show. I'm going to bring some service providers, some web designers, and some guys that do SEO for e-commerce to try to add value from a different angle onto how you can grow your business. Uh, but the format will still stay the same. We're still going to focus on e-commerce store owners. And if you have any feedback, uh, please do let me know whenever you get a chance. And so, all right, let's get on to today's show. All right, so today I have Susie Allman from charliedogandfriends.com, and this business sells stuffed animals, and it combines the donation model in with stuffed animals, but the toys are designed off real dogs living in animal shelters. And so Susie's business is in the process of blowing up. So I wanted to grab her real quick to talk about how it got started and kind of how the charity business model should be built. All right, so let's get started. What's up, Susie? Hey, Terry, how are you? Hey, good morning. Yeah, so I found you on the Shopify blog and I thought, wow, I got to hear this story. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of uh, it's kind of crazy, uh, especially now we're, we're actually sitting here waiting for a truck to um, pull up with 6,000 stuffed animals, fit them all into this four-bedroom colonial in, in Little Rye, New York. So um, we thought, you know, we have to have that startup in the garage story. After about a month or two of this, we'll, we'll send it to a drop shipper, but just to have that kind of story. And uh, All right, so what's the story with Charlie Dogs? Um, well, I'm an animal lover. I have a couple of dogs. Uh, my first dog, you know, it's time to get a dog, and we did what I think what a lot of people do is, um, you know, you think, God, what kind of dog is right for me? And so you think in terms of breed, you know, do I want a dachshund or uh, just kind of by accident, we went to a shelter and it was, um, it was a shelter in Elmsford, New York, and we got a dog. It fit into our life. It was fine. We were going along. And then one day somebody in the dog park told me that there was a dog that had been in the shelter for five years. And I, I thought, oh my God, that's incredible. How can a dog, you know... You understand how how much a dog needs. So we went and got that dog, and it kind of snowballed from there. You know, we started getting old dogs and sick dogs, and and I really got to see firsthand how cash strapped and how desperate animal rescuers are and shelters are. And I thought, uh, you know, there's so many dogs in America's shelters. How on earth do you help them? How do you get them out? How do you get people to think first? I'm going to go to a shelter and. Uh, Forget about breeders. Go get a go rescue a dog that needs a home. So I hike with my dogs every day. I just found myself poring over this question, and I I, I thought it's got to be a question of marketing. And some rescues and some shelters do that really well. Some just don't have the resources to do it. But it's a new age now with social media, and I thought that you know the right kind of marketing, the right kind of I don't know. I I don't want to say gimmick, but um, 
you know, let's start, let's start with the kids. Let's get kids to, when they ask for a, a pet, let's not start from let's get a dachshund or a, a lab. Let's start from, you know, I want a rescue pet. I want a dog or a cat that looks like this toy that I love very much. So, you know, I thought I can do this. One of my inspirations was Tom Shoes. And I, at first I thought, you know, maybe a one-for-one one model where we give one away for everyone that we sell. And, you know, thinking that through, it just got to be too complicated. And I, I wanted to reduce it to make it simple. You buy one of these stuffed animals. You read the story of the pet because the stuffed animal represents a real-life dog or cat. And uh, $5 of that toy goes back to the shelter from which the pet came. So our first one is Charlie. That dog came from, that's our dog. Um, He came from Pets Alive. He's uh, 11 years old now. So $5 of every Charlie sold will go to Pets Alive. And we have a total of six models that are done now. We have many more in production. We have a toy designer and she's made something I think is really special and unique. It's kind of a little old fashioned as far as the stuffed animal goes. Kind of floppy, like a Calvin and Hobbes toy, kind of legs, the arms. I just picture a kid kind of holding the hand of the toy, going upstairs to bed, and it's kind of bumping upstairs. So, so there you go. I'm not, a, I'm not a toy person, but uh, this, to me, it isn't really about the toy. It's about the mission. And, you know, there are a lot of people in rescue who is, they're very passionate about it. And uh, there's a very large Facebook presence and social media presence. I had no idea how, how big it was. So. The big problem was just connecting the dots, right? Because you know animal shelters need money, but I guess the old campaign of just asking for money, it gets kind of stale and it's really hard to really spread the whole project virally, I guess, right? Yes. And what I couldn't believe when I looked into it, there are a lot of rescues that have, they sell things. And a lot of times it's t-shirts because maybe because t-shirts, it's easy to order small batches of them. There is not a toy company out there that's making uh, rescued pets. I just, I could not believe it, that this, you know, one thing that rescue pets have in spades is uh, an emotional connection. They're cute. They're easy to, it's easy to make a stuffed animal out of a dog or a cat. And now we're doing bunnies and horses. We're the first one. So uh, that kind of encouraged me to do this. And I think in a consumer's mind, instead of buying a t-shirt where it says, uh, help this shelter, help that shelter, save a pet. When you buy a stuffed animal, you're actually buying a connection with the pet too. That's what I see when I when I'm at your website. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, from a marketing standpoint, is if you can um, choose a pet that already has a Facebook following, and one of the biggest followed presences on Twitter is a cat that has like a million fans. So you know, individual dogs, dogs that work as therapy dogs, or like the Michael Vick dogs. Um, these dogs are famous; they have very large um, followings. And yeah, I think even Caesar on the Dog Whisperer has like a pit bull that's pretty famous too, right? Yes, I I didn't know about this dog. It's called like Daddy or something. I think. I think it passed away. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I noticed on your site there's a lot of pit bulls. Why pit bulls in particular? Um, so pit bulls make up most of the animals in shelters for one reason or another. They're banned in a lot of cities or in apartment buildings. They're banned on uh, military bases. You know, they have a very bad reputation and uh, guilty as charged. Um, when I went to get two of my dogs from the shelter, you know, they always say, are you interested? Would you be interested in a pit bull type? And I, no, no, I really, I really don't. And then just in, uh, maybe six months ago, I got involved in um, something called transport. New York City shelters kill a lot of dogs. So they'll put them on Facebook the night before they're set to be to sleep. It'll be shared and cross-posted and somebody sometimes will step up and adopt the dog. And so transporter will go pick up the dog and drive it to, in my case, I'll drive it to 
anywhere in the Northeast, kind of Virginia, Pennsylvania. So I spend hours in the car with these dogs and they're wonderful. They're just, you know, I, I can't speak highly enough of these dogs who are almost dangerously affectionate. They're <laughs> aggressively affectionate. They're just wonderful animals that uh, really have a have a bad reputation because um, they're the dog of choice for a lot of nefarious uh, purposes, especially in New York City. They're very easy to train. They're, they love their owners uh, and basically will do whatever their owners tell them to do. So the other thing about a pit bull is there's no other type of dog that's as, um, you know, you think of these dogs as toys. They, they come with eye patches or they come in all different colors and, um, you know, brindle. They look like tigers or they're pale white or they're just, they're beautiful. You know, you think of the little rascals dogs or, you know, they're built to be toys. They're just adorable. <laughs> yeah. Would you remind me of, uh, there was a photographer online I saw somewhere that he takes photos of animals before they're put to sleep. I don't know if you've heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's um, somewhere in, uh, I think somewhere in Southeast Asia, maybe. Yeah. It's very sad, those photos that he posts, but they're very yeah, beautifully so shot too. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so let's move along. Um, so how does the donation model work into the business? Uh, kind of how did you decide on $5 and the pricing for everything? Well, uh, we thought we'd start with $5 because this is completely new for me. It will definitely go up. It won't go down. You know, I didn't want to do a percentage because for me personally, a percentage kind of bores me, but a, a real number there, something that's easy to multiply. I'm not very good at math, but $5, we'll sit with that. And um, they retail for $35. Um, so that gives us a little room to make other donations. Um, so $5 will go to the shelter. But you know, I'd like to donate some of these toys to um, rescues that set up adoption events. Or I'd love to donate to toy drives. I, I wanted to leave myself a little bit of wiggle room so I could actually give the toys away. Yeah, um, definitely. And you have to run your operations and everything, production, all that stuff too. Right, right. And, and I am such a babe in the woods about this. I actually Shopify um the, the site offers a lot of support for uh, you know, starting a business. So I'm learning as I go. And so who's your typical customer that buys these toys now? For right now, uh, there are people who are active in rescue. You know, there are people who have grandkids. I've gotten a lot of orders from um, grandparents who've left a note. You know, this is for you know, my grandson. And a lot of them want to teach their kids to adopt. I think there are people who want an aspirational toy, but they're a little bit more expensive than, you know, a, a typical toy or a typical stuffed toy. I guess my one hesitation with the pricing is a lot of people who might be attracted to the toy because they're into animal rescue. These are typically people who have given, you know, a lot of money in our cash straps. So, uh, so no, we'll see. Okay, and you mentioned there was a great pre-sale campaign in an email. Uh, can you just talk about that a little bit? We didn't go the Kickstarter route. I had no way to gauge what kind of interest was out there for these toys, and it was making me a little nervous. So I thought I'd, I'd put it out there. Um, Shopify doesn't offer, there's no special button for pre-selling. So I just thought I'll, I'll put it out there. I won't charge people. Um, I won't uh, charge them until the toys get here. So that's what I did. Um, and we got a, a really good response. We're already starting to write the checks to six different rescues. The benefit to me has been it sort of settled me down a little bit. And I can see that, yeah, there is definitely interest in these toys. And um, some people have ordered every one of them that's offered, even ones that are not even in production yet and won't be here till October. Yeah. And, and it's funny that you sound like you kind of stumble into it because that's actually the best way to actually test 
a market is to see if they'll actually press buy and give their information. Yeah, yeah. It's tough to do, though. Um, you have maybe a minimum order on these things. Um, I had some prototypes made. I have a toy designer, and she's great, um, and she made some prototypes. But, you know, to hand make these prototypes is, is really expensive. We had to kind of bite the bullet and just take a leap of faith and order them. And then otherwise we're stuck with this house full of soft toys. But the other side is you've at least got got a list of interest so you don't have to worry about making toys and then trying to sell it too. And it's just starting. Um, but every time somebody posts something on, on Facebook or any sort of word of mouth we get and this is before we've done anything no press releases nothing um every time they do that the response is really terrific and our facebook our likes went up in by a thousand in just like like two days and i don't even know where that came from um but i think a lot of people are interested in pet rescue i shared it on my page and i had a, a ex-colleague was like oh where can i buy this but you guys are based in the u.s we're in asia here <laughs> <laughs> wait are you in asia I'm based in Asia, but I'm originally from the U.S. Okay, but, but where are you based? Just... Oh, I'm based out in Taiwan. Okay. Uh, I have a big soft spot for stray dogs, too, because in Asia, 10 years ago, when I was growing up here, the, the whole shelter culture wasn't really big, and so we had three dogs uh, outside of our apartment. Basically, every day when I went to school, they would just escort me. That's <laughs> And whenever a car would come by me, they would, like, chase the car and bark at it because it was probably getting too close so oh. <laughs> and, and what kind of dogs were they i could know if i saw a picture but i wouldn't know what breed it was though it's really cute except it's hard to listen to stories from other parts of the world because you get so overwhelmed in your own part of the world it's like what do you mean there's homeless dogs in asia yeah, and, and it's funny now that some stray dogs have actually really mastered living on the streets. Like, you know how crosswalks, the sign will turn red and turn green, right? Like, some of them will actually know when it turns green and then, like, cross the street. And I'm just amazed that, that how they pick this up. Wow. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess you'd have to. If you're going to live on the street, you better know what the what the signals are. And it's funny because no no human will be crossing the street. It'll just be the dog on the crosswalk, and it'll just wait there until it turns green, and then he crosses, and you're like, like wow isn't that funny like i wonder if it emits a tone or something because i think they're you know they're they're colorblind but there must just be something else going on there that's really impressive hey, well let's just uh, get back on track here <laughs> so how big is your team right now yeah it's um it's me and some friends and then i have a um, toy designer who's um sort of freelance um, but she's just such an important part of the company. She has a, a great personality. And um, the first design she she did, she just nailed it perfectly. I, I hardly made any changes at all. Then um, I'm hiring a, um, a social media expert. I put a, an ad on Craigslist and got, I think this is probably typical, about 60 responses. And right now I'm going through them and looking for the perfect person who's probably likes animals or has had something to do with rescue. But And so kind of speaks the language of rescue, but also is a good writer and knows social media like the Facebook and Twitter and everything else. Because that is really the heart of this enterprise. I think that's going to be the engine that keeps it moving. Yeah, I think your story will be really easy to share, too, because uh, there's a really good backstory, a good idea, and a good cause for everything you're doing, I think. Oh, well, that's that's really good to hear. <laughs> yeah, actually, I have to say I, I agree, because I would find it very difficult to market something like something that didn't have a connection to a bigger story. I would find that really daunting, because I'm not a salesperson. So this has been easy. And one thing I've noticed about marketing and social media is that it's not really the content you're marketing, it's actually 
the emotional stuff, like you know, viral content, you know, stuff that makes you angry, either really sad or really happy. That's what really spreads really fast. And I、yeah. think this is a great example. Oh, I want to come out with a toy that makes people angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that would be. Yes, but you're. I think you're right.、Um, like I really have no love of lots of stuffed animals, but I ne- I've never felt like that's what I'm selling. I feel like I'm selling the other thing. So let's talk about the first Charlie dog. How did you? Kind of design it? Did you just show your、uh, designer a picture and say, "Hey, see what you can come up with"? Or what was the process that went through? Well, first I made a big mistake. I I I thought, okay, I just need.、Uh, I I googled toy designer, and what comes up are、um, some people who basically order toys from China. So they're not really designers. So that I parted ways with some money there. Before I just decided, okay, that's all right. Then I googled toy designer in this area, and the only thing that came up, unbelievable to me, is this girl named Kathy who lives out in New Jersey, so close. And I, I liked her website. She had some really cute designs. Although when I looked at the designs, I realized they're toys for dogs, not for kids. But no, no matter. I called her and we met and talked and、um, I told her exactly what I wanted. I wanted something that's a little bit retro,、um, in the old style of a you know teddy bear with arms and legs. Now I don't know if you look at stuffed animals. A lot of the times the basic model it's like a sitting dog or a sitting cat. I didn't want sitting. I wanted like gingerbread man shape kind of with the arms sticking out and the big head. And I said, well, let's do some different fabrics and just do your thing. And、um, here are pictures of Charlie. Our big question was, do we want to have a toy that's a little more of an impression of The dog, or do we want something that's realistic? And the trouble with realistic is, if you're going to make it realistic, a lot of times it, it's not soft because you have to get the shape right, and then it can veer even further into like taxidermy. So you have like what looks like a stuffed real dog, and we didn't want that. So that's what we did. She designed this thing and then went away and sewed it herself. And、um, we met again back at the pancake house, and she set out all her toys and stuff. First try, I found the perfect person, and、um, and we hit it off. And that 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 was that. There, there's my designer. I get the feeling that is very Calvin and Hobbes, like the design. Yes, it's Hobbes when the parents come in, where it's all floppy and sad. And in fact, the first iteration of the toy, I wanted it to look kind of sad. But Kathy said, maybe you don't want to. To look sad, maybe you want it to be a little bit happy. So we whacked a smile on it, and that was that. I actually, I think it would be cuter if it were sad, but I, I get her point, and I think she's right. Yeah, especially the picture of Clyde reminds me of Hobbs whenever I look at it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But see, wouldn't it be cute with the frown, like sad and kind of slumped over? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> against the wall or whatever. I, I guess the smile in the long run, it would be more. I guess more positive, right? Like you're helping out a pet. Yes. Want it to look sad. All right, so、uh, let's move on to a little bit of mar-、uh, marketing. So you said your Facebook page really exploded.、Uh, what was that like when you first started out? When you just got the page up, like what was the process to getting up to where you are now? Well, you know, you set up the page, and then you get a couple people, you know, friends of my friends and my family, and then、uh, you know the designer has friends, and before you know it, you're up to 15 likes, <laughs> and then、uh, you kind of go along like that, and nothing really happening. But、um, I put tried to put myself in the position of the liker, like what would make me look at somebody's page and like it, or so I sort of just started reading other people's pages and commenting, or you know, and it, I'm suspicious of things that don't look. Authentic, so I can feel that in my gut if I'm not being authentic. And you know, my biggest worry with this with this company is: are people going to see me as inauthentic, like that I don't really care about 
dogs are, and I think this has sort of driven me to do all these transports of dogs or whatever, but so I'll look at what other people are doing and comment and, um, and they'll comment on my page or whatever. So we were up to like 200 likes and then one day, I don't know what happened, but, and I, I still don't really know where these likes came from, but I'd go to bed and wake up and there'd be a hundred new likes or, and I, I still don't know if this is going to translate into sales. I mean, I guess that's the biggest pitfall are, are likes, the be all end all. And I, I don't think they are, but you know, I just kind of try to put some content up there maybe three or four times a day I get up in the morning and I'll look at what people are doing and schedule things on the hoot suite um mm-hmm. the twitter thing that yeah. yeah yeah so I'll have like twitter facebook google plus I'll set up I'll find some things that I want to comment on At the end of the day I'll leave you know a, a picture or something that's a little bit emotional I must say like those things those pictures are the things that uh, I think get the most traffic or get the most uh, engagement. It's a picture of a, you know, really good, solid photography and some message like a dot, you know, that gets shared the most. And I also like to offer to a few rescue groups, some free toys, and they really rely on stuff like that. If I give a rescue group five toys and they can sell them for $35 each at one of their adoption events, that's a lot more than giving them $5 for each toy. Actually, right now I'm starting to think about that. Can they sell these on their own? Can I offer them wholesale? And is it better for them to get the toys? I mean, I don't want to give them something that they're not going to be able to get rid of, but if they if they can, if they can sell them and make more money that way, then uh, that might be a way to go. I would say if you could get a picture of the actual dog with all the toys that have been made in his image, that would be a huge viral thing that would go around. That's a great idea. Oh, no, wait a second. Oh, Charlie. Yeah. Actually, my dog Charlie is kind of a jerk. <laughs> and I would love to see actually surrounded by That's a good idea. Yeah, because I think it's one thing to see two pictures, but when you see them together, it makes a even a bigger statement. Yes. Okay. That's a really good idea. That's yeah, funny. I was on your page, uh, I think yesterday, you had like 1,500 likes and this morning you had like 1,600 in just one day. That's not even like, like at one point I was, every time I would refresh, I'd have like six new likes and you know, I'm kind of, this is sort of my first foray into the whole Facebook thing. So I don't know, like I didn't have any kind of uh, gauge for, is that good or, or, or what, but uh, I think it's good. Are you doing any offline marketing with the campaign too? The first thing I did was I was sitting there and we're waiting for this truck that's going to be pulling up with 6,000 toys. And I thought, I'm going to tweet this to the local patch, the, the hyper local news things online. So the rye patch. And so I tweeted, um, um, will 6,000 stuffed animals fit into one four bedroom colonial in rye? And so I thought like, who could resist that? She's got to. So she did. And I actually missed it in my, in my Gmail, but she's interested in that. If I start really local like that, there was another story about us in a, something called rye magazine. Um, and I have yet to see that. I check the help a reporter out site. Do you, do you know that one? Yeah. Haro. Yes. Yeah. Haro. So I check that every day and try to answer something if it fits me. I'll answer it. And um, so I'm hoping for somebody to bite on one of those. But really, probably when I get the new the social media person, I think I'm just going to have them make some press releases. And uh, and then um, apart from that, I think the rest of the marketing might be giving toys to rescues or I've offered a few rescues, some free toys. And, you know, I'm sure they that when they get the toys, they'll probably post something on Facebook. And when they do that, you suddenly you are in there, you're tapping into their rescue, their network of friends on Facebook. And some of these rescues have, you know, thousands of thousands of fans. So All right, so let's move on to the some some of the website stuff. So how did you end up with Shopify? When I Googled, you know, store, you know, e-commerce, I didn't even know what to Google at that point. But 
really there are three or four sites that come up, three or four um, platforms that come up, Shopify, and the other one is like, uh, I don't know, it's like, Mag- is it Magellan? Yeah, the- M- Magenta? Yeah, Magenta. So those, I narrowed it down there in those two, and then I started, I just read the reviews on both of them, and uh, really Shopify was the one that appealed to me the most. And it's been so easy, like I, I'm no good at that stuff, but I found it very easy to set that up. And Yeah, it's a great one to start out with, because Magento you need like a programmer to set everything up, and it's very complicated. So That was the deal breaker for me. This was a website that was going to change a lot, a lot. Um, and I had to be able to add new things and new, you know, new posts and all that. So that was just too much. I, I didn't want to, I wanted to set it up and, and go and sort of tweak on the way, you know, you want to get it, you want to get it going and then just fix stuff as you, as you go along. All right. And so um, is there any advice you give anyone that's looking to start out or maybe they have an idea still brewing? Um, Anything you'd like to tell them? Maybe what I've learned is I think that some businesses might get started and sort of tack on a charity giving model as an afterthought. And I've looked at some of these, um, especially in e-commerce, businesses that start and then they decide they want to give something to charity. And a lot of times it's kind of all over the place. And my advice would be if you're going to give to charity, pick something that maybe you're involved in or that you feel deeply about, especially if you're involved in it. That means that you can take pictures or you can, you know, your blog post can be relevant to that. It has to come from the ground up from what you really believe in and let that feed interest in your product, not the other way around. We buy things in a different way now. And I don't know if it's of 9-11, the way we buy things, we're fundamentally changed in some way. Um, so this model of giving, it's great, but it has to be real. And uh, I think you can do a lot of good with, with a product that uh, comes from the way you care about something else in the world. So if there was something you could tell yourself, something you wish you knew starting out, what would that be? Um, boy, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a tough one. <laughs> that's a good question that I should have a, 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 an answer for that because I do tend to just like fly off and do uh, something that, uh, oh, I, you know, um, I, I, I was really afraid when I, when I started doing this. Like I, I lay in bed and I knew it was a good idea, but it just, it's, it really scared me because I knew I was on the verge of doing something that was completely different. I'm a, I'm a sports photographer by profession. I still do that a little bit, but um, I, I was really afraid and just lying there in bed and knowing that god i'm about to like you know if i decide to do this it's really going to turn my life upside down because i'm not just going to halfway do it i'm going to do it the way it deserves to be done from the moment i decided yeah i'm going to do it then that all kind of calmed down and it wasn't panic so i guess if i could tell myself something or if i could not do something differently but i think that's a feeling that you have to maybe trust is that gut instinct and then once you decide to do it just just then you can relax. You're already, you're already, you've done it. <laughs> you're already in hot water. So, so you might as well. It's something everyone goes through when they're starting a business or a new project, right? It's really the uncertainty and fear that you're, that's really getting to you. And it's a, it's a matter of taking that leap of faith. Like even when I started this site, you know, my first interview, I was like, oh, what if I sound so dumb on the microphone? <laughs> Here I am, you know, eight or nine. You don't actually have a very nice way on the microphone. Yeah, it's very it's perfect, actually. Thanks. So how can we get a hold of you if you want to hear more about your story? The, the website is www.charliebookandfriends. That's all one word, .com. And um, we have a Facebook page. It's Facebook, Charlie Dog and Friends. Um, and you can send an email to info at charliedogandfriends.com. Um, and that's it. I have a phone number, too, but I don't think anybody wants to call. I, they just go to me. <laughs> All right. Good luck, Susie. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Okay. Have a great day. Okay. Bye. Bye. 
To get more information about running an online store, visit our website at buildmyonlinestore.com. There, you'll find articles, case studies, and tools to help you run a successful online store. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store Podcast.